Let's give it up just one more time for the band. Thank you guys. Uh, isn't it so nice to just settle into some worship together? Um, I promise I don't have a full-blown teaching. I don't have an extended sermon. Instead, I was told very clearly I only have 10 minutes, 10 minutes devotional, so you can keep me to that. Um, but here's where I wanted to take us just as we prepare our hearts for Christmas. Um, I've been pondering Christmas and the Incarnation and Advent as one does, and I have been drawn more and more and more to think about how interesting it is that God chose to take on a body that we as Christians believe in the year 2023, that God took on a body. Now, it just happens that one of the reasons why I was maybe thinking about bodies uh, is that as I've been cycling through some audiobooks with the public library app, we can talk about it afterwards, this is one of my favorite things to do, uh, I have a very eclectic mix of books that sort of pop into my audio feed, and one of them is this book I'm going to show you. It's called The Body. It was released in 2019 by the acclaimed science journalist Bill Bryson. Anybody here know Anybody? Okay, good, good, because uh, now that you haven't read, I'm going to tell you about it uh, this morning, as that person does in your life, who's like, so the interesting thing I was just reading about, uh, The Body by Bill Bryson. Now, here's my confession to you. I did not do well in biology class. I do not do well in the sciences. There's a reason I am a pastor, and that I mostly focused on the humanities. This was not my area of expertise, but as I have been growing older, um, and as I've found some helpful guides, especially this book is very, very good, um, I have been drawn more and more to the intriguing complexity of what biology and the sciences are revealing about things like our very bodies. Now, here's what Bill Bryson says. I'm going to read you just a little bit. Uh, you'll hopefully, hopefully see why I found this so interesting. I promise this will all come together in terms of why we're talking about this at Christmas. Bryson says, We pass our existence within this warm wobble of flesh and yet take it almost entirely for granted. How many of you know roughly where the spleen is? or what it does, or the difference between tendons and ligaments, or what lymph nodes are. How many times a day do you suppose that you blink? 500? 1,000? You have no idea, of course. Well, you happen to blink 14,000 times a day, so much so that your eyes are shut for nearly 23 minutes of every waking day, yet you never have to think about it because every second of every day, your body undertakes a literally unquantifiable number of tasks, a quadrillion, a non-nillion, a vignintillion. These are actual measurements uh, that Bill Bryson wanted you to know about. And it doesn't require an instant of your attention. Okay, where am I going with this? Well, uh, our bodies are fascinatingly complex. They keep us alive. Uh, they, they're pulsating with life that we still don't fully understand. Can you believe that? That for all the things that you and I do every day, take for granted, all the things that you and I control, all of the technology we hold in the palm of our hand, all the fears we have around AI and what AI is or how advanced AI is going to become, your body is the single most complex, fascinating organism that has ever been found in all of creation. And you are sitting in one right this second. Now, that alone is fascinating. Uh, Bill Bryson writes, just give you one more. This is, this is indulging me now. The second one, the first one, you know, was for you. The second one is for me. Okay, here you go. He says, uh, unpacked, you are positively enormous. Your lungs smoothed out would cover a tennis court. 
and the airways within them would stretch nearly from coast to coast. The length of all your blood, blood vessels would take you two and a half times around the earth if stretched end to end. Yet most remarkably, your DNA contains a meter of material packed into every cell, and so many cells that if you formed all the DNA in your body into a single strand, it would stretch 10 billion miles to beyond Pluto. Think of it, there is enough of you to leave the solar system. You are in the most literal sense, cosmic. Yet here we are told, and this is the important turn, as we look at scripture, we are told, for some reason we're about to reflect on, God chooses to take on our flesh. So this is John 1, 14. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Just, just slow down for just a second with me here. I know many of you have heard this Bible verse before. God, in Jesus Christ, became flesh, became blood vessels and ligaments and blinking, right? And yet even more, he did it because he wanted to make his dwelling. He took on flesh to dwell with us. John is so perplexed by this that he says, we, because of this moment where God took on flesh, we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. As I've been pondering why it would be, why it would be that God would choose to take on flesh, why is it that God chose to take on these bodies that we were just worshiping with? Um, the first reflection that I have for you as we continue in this time of worship is that God took on flesh because God wanted to know us. He took on flesh because he wanted to know us. Now, I've been, I was thinking this last week about the difference between head knowledge, you know, something that you're aware of cognitively, maybe you've even seen something about something, that sort of head knowledge experience versus actual experience, the, the heart knowledge of when you've actually been through something. Uh, one great example might be Disneyland or Disney World. Anyone here a fan of Disney? Come on. If you didn't give me Bill Bryson's book, you've at least been to Disneyland, okay? Uh, think about the difference. Maybe some of you here have not been to Disney World. Let me tell you, for the few people who just cheered, it is different to experience. You get hit full sense immersion. There is like magic and wonder and no trash anywhere and employees are smiling all the time and you do just feel happier even if your children are screaming or stressed and uh, like you go back to the hotel and everybody's sunburned but like while you're there in Disney it is amazing and you don't know about it until you've actually experienced it. You've got to know it through experiencing it. Um, I think to turn far more negatively, let me talk about something that we don't want to experience. Uh, for any of us who at any time have had debt, right? Like we're talking small debt, like credit cards, all the way up to student loans, massive debt, living month to month as you're making payments on debt. It is different right now if you're sitting here and you have the joy and gift, uh, which statistically not a lot of Americans do, of not having any debt. You can think about it. You could go, oh, that would be terrible. I like it really would be terrible to have debt. Think about the experience of living week to week. Every time you open your bank account, every time you open that loan and you see it's still there, that experience, for those of us who have had it, it's a heavy weighty thing. You don't know about it. You don't understand it. You may not have made some of those choices that you made to get into debt if you knew how terrible it would be to live with debt. Let me go one more negative experience. For those of us who have had 
diseases or pain or something go wrong with our bodies. If you're sitting here now and you happen to have the joy of not being sick, you can hear I'm just the tiniest bit nasally right now. Uh, you're probably one of the few <laughs> who's not currently sick in the wintertime. But you know how different it is to think about being sick when you're not sick? Like right now, you can think back and you know sometimes like, oh, so terrible to be sick. But if you're with me, if you wake up and your sinuses are full and your throat is burning, life feels different, doesn't it? You like don't want to go through your day in the same way because sickness is so terrible and it's so different to be in sickness, to be experiencing sickness, or even worse, to have some sort of disease, a diagnosis that tells you something has gone wrong with your body that needs to be addressed. Uh, recently, we had a family member reach out and say, you know, I've just discovered there's some cardiac problems and they're telling me that it, it might go away naturally, but we might need to get surgery. It's a different experience to be sitting in that disease than it was before when you always knew a disease could come, but you weren't actually in it. Here's why I bring this up. God knew us as God's creation. We were the people that God made. God knew us intimately. Don't get my theology jumbled or confused here. Like God truly knew us, but God wanted to know us even deeper still. And the reason I chose debt and disease is that these are the two most common ways the Bible likes to talk about us as human creatures. We have found ourselves indebted to God because of what we have done. We have rebelled. We have turned. We have in so many ways gone inward, become selfish, twisted what God has given us into things that we're pursuing for ourselves. And so we have debt, but God chose to know that debt. In fact, God chose to enter into that debt as a person in the body of Jesus. We have a disease, and that disease is that even if you are not currently struggling with a disease, praise God, I hope you're not, uh, all of us at one point are going to find our bodies begin to fail. At some point, these miracles of coursing blood cells, the cosmic scope of who you are, at some point is going to find yourself confronted with that painful reality that is death. And here's where the Bible truly becomes astounding. The Bible tells us that God wanted to not only know our debt, he wanted to know our disease. God took on a body so that God could die. Does this make any sense to you? It doesn't actually sort of like intuitively make sense to me, even though I start to wonder what kind of God would this be that would want to know not only our Disney worlds, like Jesus had a good time, I'm sure, at several points on this earth, but he wanted to also know our indebtedness and our disease, so much so that here's the final passage for us to reflect on this morning as we continue in our worship. Um, I was just blown away by this uh, passage over in Colossians. This is Colossians 1, 21 to 23. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he, God, reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. Here's what the Christian faith has taught for the last 2,000 years. For 2,000 years, we have every year as human society, pause to reflect on the fact that God chose to take on a body 
because God wanted to know us in our very disease, to know us in our very debt. And it was only in taking on this body through Jesus Christ that we could become reconciled to God. Here's one last beautiful Christmas thought for you. Um, there's, a, there's a work in the church history uh, by a guy named Gregory of Nanziasis. Um, and Gregory, reflecting on why Jesus had to become flesh, said, you notice in Jesus' life, you notice actually with God, that anytime God touches something, so anytime Jesus touches something, it becomes healed. This is like a strange uh, effect of God's presence being so close. When God is in the burning bush, it's on fire, and he tells Moses this ground is holy. Uh, when Jesus is walking through a crowd, do you remember that strange story about Jesus where it says a woman reached out to touch his cloak, and she's healed of this disease, and Jesus says, who touched me? Like he knew that somebody had come, been proximate to him. So Gregory, as he's reflecting on this at Christmas time, says, you know, if you think about how God works, that which has not been assumed, that which has not been touched, lifted up by God, cannot actually be healed. So it's like God couldn't fully heal us of our disease until God took on the fullness of us. God, the cosmic God, the creator God, the maker of all things, the one right now that we're trying in this theater here on Lincoln Avenue in Lincoln Park to contemplate and to worship with song, that God chose to take on a body 2,000 years ago so that in his body, through his death, he could reconcile us to God. He could lift us up. He could heal us. 